0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 15, verses 22 through 27, called I Am Your Healer.
1: Even this week, you know, I'm, I'm studying this passage and thinking, Lord, uh, it's so easy for me to groan about little things and, and, and so forth and get annoyed, and, and we all can relate, but it says in Acts 14, we must go through many hardships and enter the kingdom of God, and God shapes and molds in the wilderness. He has a divine purpose. Deuteronomy 8, one through three, sums it up. All the commandments that I'm commanding you today, Moses says, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers or your forefathers. And you shall remember all the ways which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you, Deuteronomy 8, 3, and he let you be hungry, and we could say thirsty too, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And interestingly enough, in one of Jesus's temptations, that's the very verse that he quoted to the enemy. And so the place of the wilderness is a place for the word. It's where God shapes and molds. It's where we go through testing and stretching. It's the place where Israel failed. When the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In 1 Corinthians 10, it says, with most of the people of Israel, God was not well pleased, and they were laid low in the wilderness. And here comes Jesus to fulfill, to be the ultimate Israel, to be the answer to all that ails us. And out he goes into the wilderness, and he shares the word. One more Hebrew word, the word for word is davar, D-A-V-A-R. And it's something that it gets placed in the ear, but in the Hebrew picture language, davar means, get this, the door into a person, or the door of maturity, when you go out into the wilderness and things are stripped away and you're getting tested and the word of God comes in, it will reveal to you where you're at spiritually. You'll be able to assess your spiritual maturity and it will stretch and grow you. If everything in life was the wilderness, we'd have the life sucked right out of us, right? We need pleasant places and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about sweet places and good times but if we always had the good times if we always had a place called Elam which we'll talk about at the end of this message a place of palms and abundance and easy chairs then we would be soft and so God is in the business of stretching his people and his ultimate goal is to make us more like Jesus or to make us holy and there is healing in holiness Because what holiness does is it gets all the toxins out of your life. So you can listen to God, so he can shape your life. What do we do after the miracle? What do we do after the church service? Back to Exodus chapter 15. Well, the people of Israel go out into the desert and God is leading them. The cloud has not uh, disappeared. He is faithful to guide. He is there. And they came to a place called Marah. Three days with no water. Desperation. You see this place described as the waters of Mara. It may have been named that later as a result of what happened here. And you have to be thinking, there's the answer. Maybe you thought, maybe you said to a friend or a family member, man, I didn't do so great on day three, but look, there it is. There's... Waters And it's, and it's uh, multiplied. It's plural. Maybe it was waterfalls and streams. And you're thinking, yeah, there it is. It's not a mirage. It's real. And off you run with your containers. You dip it in. You take a drink. But you go. Pff, 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 pff. Because the waters were bitter. And you might be thinking to yourself, what a dirty trick. To have three days with no water and get to this place that looks like it's gonna take care of all of our needs only to drink it, it would be almost be like someone who's been floating on the sea and their only option is to drink seawater. You ever taken in some seawater? In Israel, there's a place in the southern part of Israel called the Salt Sea of Salt or the Dead Sea. It has a 23% mineral content. So if you go to the Dead Sea or the Sea of Salt, they say, Um, You can float there, and I've been there a couple of times, but only for 15 minutes. The mineral content is so high that they sell Dead Sea products all over. You can put on one of those mud masks, you know. And it's supposed to make your skin like baby skin. But you can't exceed 15 minutes, or it will begin to suck the life right out of you. And you don't dare drink the water. Because if you drink that 23% mineral content, you're going to be in trouble. You know how they say, hey, don't drink the water, man. <laughs> Montezuma's revenge. This would be Mara's revenge right here. And so you drink the water, but you gotta spit it out. It's bitter. And you look, and there's the glory cloud, and there's Moses, and you're like, how could it be that the God that just gave us victory and gave us a new hit song, and he's a mighty warrior, and he hurled them into the sea, has us at this kind of place. But the Lord has led them, right here. Is it possible that the Lord can lead us to bitter places for his purposes? The answer is yes. And God has his reasons. And so they began to try to drink the water, but they couldn't drink it. And it would appear from the reading of the text, the name was then given to it as Mara, the waters of Mara, because they were bitter. Mara was almost like a mirage and when they spit the water out, I'm sure that panic began to set into the nation. I began, I'm sure that the questions of why began to bubble up. And here's what happens next, and it's easy to see. So the people grumbled. The Hebrew word is lean. You could transliterate it L-E-E-N. At Moses, they literally lodged a complaint. They murmured at Moses, and they said, what shall we drink? Now, I don't see that this is an illegitimate question. And sometimes when we read our Bibles as Christians, we we go like this, oh, those Israelites, so whiny. But look, they hadn't had water for three days, brethren. And we have most creature comforts at our beck and call. Usually we're debating about what we're gonna eat, what we're gonna drink and what we're gonna wear, not if we can eat something or drink something, at least for most of us. And so here they are. And they lodged the complaint to Moses and they whine and they complain about it and they grumbled. Grumbling is an interesting word. Uh, In the Greek language, it's a word called gogusmas, gangousmas. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without grumbling or complaining. Everybody read that? I'm looking for loopholes in this verse, Uh, but I think it says all things, do all things. Have you ever tried to go a week without grumbling or complaining. How about a day? How about an hour? We might be surprised how much we complain without even realizing what we're doing. And gangusmas, the word for murmur, is an interesting word because it's a word that sounds like the meaning. And Greek scholars say, if you want to get the idea of the, the meaning of the word, you kind of lower your voice and you start to say gongousmas. And it's like you're complaining under your breath. Complaints under your breath are still complaints. Even if you don't speak them out loud. Oh, rats. Some years ago, I worked at a printing plant. And I worked with a man that I would have to say, at least at this time in his life, was probably the most negative and bitter person I've ever met in my life. And I worked side by side with him for at least eight hours a day in a printing plant. And I would watch him go around to different people and go, gangusmas, 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 gangusmas." and usually he was pointing at me. (laughs) And he went around and sowed bitterness into that company. And if you drink bitter waters long enough, brethren, you yourself will become bitter. And a root of bitterness will spring up in your life and defile many people. Be careful who you hang around with and who you let speak into your life because we can take that on. And I, and I found myself getting negative around this person and toward him as well. First Corinthians 10.10 10 says, Don't grumble as some of them the Israelites did and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to Israel as an example and they were written for our instruction upon the whom the ends of the ages have come. The New Testament church has the wilderness wanderings to learn lessons from the negative example of Israel and negative examples can motivate us to not repeat those mistakes. So the people grumbled and I will tell you something that I think is obvious to most of us but I'll say it because it's worth saying murmuring and complaining is a sign of immaturity. When Paul wrote to to the Corinthian congregation, he said to them, I wanted to give you solid food, but I had to give you milk because you're still babies in Christ. And he says, there's divisions among you. There's jealousy among you. Some of you say, I'm of Paul. And some of you say, I'm of Apollos. And some of you say, I'm of Peter. And he says, are you not acting like mere men? What makes you different? You're supposed to be the church of Jesus Christ. So when I first started playing the drums, I was playing the drums on a worship team in the early '90s, and we went off to this church and we were going to play like a Sunday evening uh, worship set. And so this pastor, um, the band played, and I played the drums, and the keyboard player was playing a little bit you know softly behind the pastor, uh, just you know, kind of as just to, to encourage. And I remember the pastor turning to the keyboard player and said, "Don't play that anymore."." <laughs> But actually that pastor, he was an interim pastor Trying to bring healing to a divided congregation Everybody was mad at each other There was tension that you could cut with a knife in that room This is what happens among the people of God
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in other books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this radio station? The same if you're listening on podcast. You can always just click that share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they will do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth.
1: So when I first started playing the drums, I was playing the drums on a worship team in the early 90s. And we went off to this church and we were gonna play like a Sunday evening uh, worship set. And so this pastor, um, the band played and I played the drums and the keyboard player was playing a little bit, you know, softly behind the pastor. uh, Just, you know, kind of as just to to encourage. And I remember the pastor turning to the keyboard player and said, don't play that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Gongusmas, Gongusmas. <laughs> right. But actually, that pastor—he was an interim pastor trying to bring healing to a divided congregation. Everybody was mad at each other. There was tension that you could cut with a knife in that room. This is what happens among the people of God. Complaints were lodged. Uh, this or that. The pastor left. Something happened, and people were just sitting there like this. Gongusmas, Gongusmas, Gongusmas. It was ugly, man. And that's the last thing that we want to see happen. And so the question becomes, how did Moses respond? There's a lesson in his response. It's in verse 25. The one that was leading them could have said, Oh, you bunch of whiners! (laughs) Which we're often tempted to do, right? I have to admit that when I was talking about that co-worker... I had a couple of ugly scenes with him. I was a very young man and we squared off a couple of times and I was fed up with this guy. I heard Pastor Chuck Smith tell a story. He said that when he was, he'd be working on his sermon in his office at home, he'd hear uh, his kids fighting in the next room. And rather than going out and just trying to immediately break it up, he said, I would begin to pray in my office. He would try to find a spiritual solution first to a real life problem. And that's where most of us fail. Because we come in and we think we can fix it this way or that way. And we often don't even pray about things. And then we wonder why things have unraveled. A day hemmed in prayer won't unravel. Amen, for all of you sowers out there. But we all know that we often don't hem our days in prayer. And even when we do, life is still a challenge. And so Moses, rather than bickering back cried out to the Lord. This is leadership, and I want to learn this lesson as well. And when he cried out to the Lord, 25, the Lord showed him, that's a form of the Hebrew word Torah, has the idea of he instructed or taught him. He showed him a tree. The Hebrew word is ETS. ets. It's tree or a piece of wood. Literally in Hebrew, it's he showed him the tree. And Moses threw it into the bitter waters of Marah, and the waters became sweet. And the answer was found in a tree. It wasn't answered in a change of location. You know, sometimes we deal with a bitter circumstance and we're tempted to just say, well, I'm moving on to another body of water then, or I'm going over here, or I'm not going to put up with this anymore. This will solve my problems. But the Lord didn't move them. He changed the water. Perhaps that's a symbol to us that sometimes what has to happen is not a relocation per se, but a change of our hearts. Maybe the problem is right here, that I become bitter and I need to become sweet by the living water coming back into my heart, flooding my heart. I've been there many, many times. And so he came to the tree. The word could be branched. The Messiah is called a righteous branch of David in Jeremiah thirty-three fifteen. But here's what we know. The tree was a healing tree. God did the miracle, of course, but he used the tree. One writer says, this reminds us of some other trees in the Bible. The life-giving tree in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 2.9. The tree of life in the New Jerusalem, which leaves were for the healing of the nations, Revelation 22.2. And especially the tree on which Jesus was crucified. The tree that heals our bitter, bitter sin. God seems to specialize in trees of healing. We can't be dogmatic on the message here, but it is interesting that the tree becomes the source of healing and I was reading a commentator this week who said that somebody's come up with some medical information that a certain tree at this location, perhaps thrown into the percentile of minerals in this body of water, might done, have done just enough to cause good water to rise to the surface, but the good water would have the right mineral content to protect Israel for the rest of their wilderness uh, journeys and help their tummies and all of that. I don't have any idea if that's true. I don't even know how he came to that conclusion, although it sounded pretty scientific. Here's what we know. The water became drinkable and I'm sure they began to drink it down and it was the sweetest water one could imagine. And a tree was what brought the healing. And I think of the cross of Jesus Christ, how Jesus drank the bitter cup to bring sweet deliverance to us, to bring sweet release. How he drank the cup of Mara to give the blessing of salvation to us. The waters were bitter, but then they were sweet. And Israel was tested there. He made a, for them a statute, end of 25, and a regulation. And there, God tested them. That means he put them to the proof so that they could see what was in their hearts. Do you think they liked what they saw after that first test? One writer said they were attending Wilderness University. And right now we live between the times, between the first and second comings of Jesus. We're not in the promised land yet. And let's face it, we're on a pilgrimage and we are in the wilderness. And the wilderness can be tough and difficult, but that's where God stretches us. You guys remember the story in the book of Ruth? It's about a woman named Naomi. Her name means sweet or pleasant. And she had a husband and some sons, and there was a famine. There was no water, no food in uh, Bethlehem where she lived, where Jesus would be born later. And so her husband let her out, and they went to the land of Moab, and unfortunately her husband dies, and both her sons who had married Moabite women, they both die. She's lost her husband and her two sons. All that's left to her is two foreign Moabite daughters-in-law, but now she doesn't even have sons for them, so... They're gone. So there's a tearful uh, departure. They hear that the Lord has visited his people in the land of Israel. And Naomi is going to make an exodus back to the Holy Land. And she tells her daughters-in-law, don't come with me. I got nothing to give you. Stay in your homeland and rebuild your lives. And one of them says, okay. It's very, very tearful, a woman named Orpah. And then Ruth says, no, I'm going with you. Where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Where you live and die, I will live and die. So off they go, and they come into this land of Bethlehem, the house of bread, the future birthplace of the Messiah.
0: You've been listening to I Am Your Healer, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 15, verses 22 through 27. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we would love it if you would join us this Sunday morning for church service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Now, you can do that whether you live in Southern California or not. We live stream our 1030 a.m. service. But if you're in the area, we'd prefer if you come in and fellowship. You can get service and live stream information when you visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: Well, as Israel went through the desert, uh, it wasn't necessarily a lot of fun for them because they had to face their own weaknesses. And as we go through our desert periods, it's not necessarily fun for us. And sometimes we, we might just say, uh, Lord, um, can I just say stay status quo for a while? Do, do I have to do this grow thing? <laughs> Well, the truth of the matter is we all should want to grow. And you know, something that we've discovered in life, I think this is a true principle in life as well as spiritual life, is we grow through trial, testing. You don't get better at something by succeeding every time. Sometimes you have to face failure. Sometimes, uh, let's take a basketball team. Sometimes a loss is good. Why? Why? because it reveals some things that you got to work on because it shows you that you haven't arrived and that can be good. You may say, but it's scary for me. Yeah, I get that. But the Lord is faithful and he has a way of dealing with our fears so that we can move forward and grow in our faith. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance and you are listening to Walk in Truth. You may be new to us, and uh, we have been rejoicing because we have almost hit our goal of 50% listener support. And that is for our fiscal year, which ends March 31st. We run from uh, March to March in our fiscal year. And so a lot of listeners have stepped up. And if you have, thank you for all of our wonderful, faithful monthly partners. Thank you for what you've done. We're getting closer to our goal. We're not that far away. In fact, we're uh, as of this recording thirteen thousand eight hundred eighty-three dollars away from hitting fifty percent of listener funding, which means a lot to us as a team and as a church. Because the church that I serve, Living Truth in Corona, has been funding most of the bill as a missionary endeavor, and we we believe in that. But we also would love our listeners to come on board. And there is a there's a scriptural principle that if you are being uh, fed, being blessed, growing, uh, learning from a ministry, you should try to support it. The first ministry that, that you should support is your local church. But if you have the ability for kingdom purposes to invest in this ministry, well, it, it's something that the Lord does call us to do, and we're grateful for each one of you. If you're able to give or you feel a tug from the Holy Spirit that you'd like to help us meet the goal. Here's what you can do. You can go to walkintruth.com, click on the donate button, walkintruth.com, click on the donate button. Uh, as I sit here, this is a, an afternoon. I'm in a little studio. And j- just know I don't get paid to do radio. I'm doing it as a passion of my heart, uh, an extension of what I believe the Lord's called me to do as a pastor. And I'm grateful. And so for all of you who pray for us, All of you who support us, thank you. Check out more about the ministry when you go to walkintruth.com. Hey, I pray you have a beautiful weekend. Make sure you get connected to your local church, serving the Lord, worshiping in spirit and in truth. And if uh, you're out here near the Inland Empire, come and check us out. On Sunday morning, we have two services at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, 830 and 1030 a.m., If you'd like to know more about the local church that I serve, Living Truth in Corona, California, go to walkintruth.com and click on that church tab. Walkintruth.com, click on the church tab. God bless
0: you. See you soon. And just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $10 a month. Or you can even just give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us on Monday for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 27, called I Am Your Healer. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.